Welcome to Muse Unseen, the podcast on how creatives do business. This is Zoe Omega. And I am Claire Michelle. Today we have Davy Cadaver with us. Davy Cadaver. And I was really inspired by this podcast. I, this interview, if you will, I, Davy was like, had this really calm energy. And it was really nice to see the similarities in how he explores his artwork and how he finds inspiration, where his business comes from, and how he also works with you know his, his fan base, his clients, and what's really important to him. It was a really nice interview. On that note, let's say hi to Davey. Hi, welcome. Welcome to Muse Unseen. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, so you can see me and hear me and everything. Yeah, you're coming, you're coming in crystal clear. So how? what have you been working on? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where'd you come from? Kind of like, how did you get to where you are today? I, I drove here. Yeah? Um, my name is Davey Cadaver. I am a... Uh, I'm an artist, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm an avid coffee drinker. Excellent. Excellent. I, I just do it out of the, out of the, the, um, what is this called? The mug? <laughs> this, this, the steamer, the steamer cup. Oh, I don't know. What are you, the percolator? Is that what it is? No, 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 no. But it's, it's for steaming milk. And I just, I don't even bother to put it in a cup afterwards. Now I just mm-hmm. drink so Why? much of it. Why waste time? Right. Exactly. Yes. I hear you. Um, And in order to be successful, you can't waste time. Time is of the essence. Time is money. Money is time, but neither actually exist. Um, Yeah. I, uh, I'm an artist. I paint. um, I sculpt. I am a writer. uh, I'm a musician. um, I'm a comedian sometimes. uh, Yeah. I'm a, semi-professional magic the gathering player i also do voice acting um and um so like you know when you're when you're going through your artwork when you're working through say like you know you said semi-professional magic the gathering play, player like there's i i'm what i'm seeing is there's a ton of income streams coming in which is uh, it was mostly great. a joke um but <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. mean i don't know like <laughs> I mean, no, don't get me wrong. Like I've definitely made a lot of money playing magic, but, um, that's no, I, um, predominantly just selling, selling original artwork. Um, yeah. You're really prolific. I love watching your Instagram. Thank you. Um, I've been following you for a little while. I actually used to help Ataldora with Muse art zine and that's where, I first became familiar with you. How did you get into Muse Art Zine? I have no idea. Really? <laughs> did you apply for it? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure Ataldora heard about you somehow and approached you. I think that's probably what it was, yeah. Um, she also um, commissioned me a few years back to do a set of, I, I think, 12 um, small paintings. Um, and so yeah and, and and then she showed me a picture of them once they were there and it was all organized in like a, almost like a clock fashion it was really interesting the way that they were hung um yeah i don't i don't 
typically turn down offers or attention, you know, I think it's important to take advantage of any sort of, uh, I don't know, any, anything can be an opportunity if you make it one, I think, you know, um, but at the same time, I've been doing this long enough that I don't, I don't say yes to everything because that, you know, when, when you first start out, they say that they're like, say yes to everything. Don't say no, just go, go, go. And, and, uh, but you know, it's double-edged sword because then you have the whole idea of, oh, we'll do it for the publicity or, or, um, you know, we'll promote you and all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, I don't need that anymore. I don't care. There was a point when, I was, um, when I was, when I was a lot younger and I thought, you know, that was cool. Like it was cool to be in a magazine. It was cool to, to do an interview. It was cool to be on TV. It was cool to, you know, speak to a thousand people or live paint in front of a thousand people or whatever. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I recommend everyone give that a shot. If that's something that you want to do, then do it. And you might continue doing it. You might enjoy that. And just keep going with it. I just don't care um, about the clout. I don't care about the popularity contest or whatever. I think that, you know, it's great to meet people if the people that you're meeting are great. So, um, you know, once, once you've been doing this long enough, I think you kind of pick and choose your battles and you can kind of tell whether someone's the real deal or not, you know, and you can tell if they're up your alley or if you're going to mesh well or get along, or if you're just going to come on and feel completely exploited. And, you know, after doing, you know, a handful of uh, events or interviews or whatnot that didn't come with the same level of respect that I brought to the table, I just, no, you know, I'm not going to waste my time. I'd rather be making art like, <laughs> you know, so, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good idea to say yes, absolutely. And if that's what you're after, then then that's great. But um, I don't know. I think it's better to just spend spend your time and your effort on becoming better at what it is that you do. You know, yeah. rather than rather than all these different avenues of trying to publicize something. You know, so. But I mean, I got in the game like super early. You know, I didn't like have any qualms about putting myself out there. Um, and nowadays I'm, I guess I'm a bit more of a hermit, but you know, your, your desires change, your goals change. And if your goals don't change, then you're not meeting any of the goals. Right. So yeah. now, now I just paint for me and my cat. Good. <laughs> he's, he's my biggest inspiration. How did, how did you, um, you say you got into the game early then, like, like how early, where did that start? Um, well, like I started showing my work when I was probably like 23 or 24. That's I think when I just decided I was going to go like, this is what I wanted to do. Um, I just wanted to, you know, make art all night and show it to people. Um, yeah. So that's what I did. And at first, um, you know, like even looking back now, I don't have any regrets. I don't like the stuff that I was making back when I was that young was still very good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I can look back and be like, 
ah, God, that piece is awful. Or, or even look back like five years ago to something that people are like, Hey, do you have any prints of that? And I'm like, I don't want to look at that ever again. Um, (laughs) so no, I don't, sorry. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Um, I just, just put myself out there. It was something that I didn't have any fear about. Um, when I was playing music, uh, I didn't really have any fear of playing music like on the, on the street, you know, I had friends and sometimes we would just set up on the sidewalk and play music. And I don't know, I'd never really had any sort of stage fright with that or anything, but um, what I really wanted to do was write. And so I was writing and writing and writing and I thought that I was very good. Um, But even my closest friends and family, it was like pulling teeth to get them to even read a paragraph and give me any feedback whatsoever. So I thought, okay, well, I've always wanted to make a comic book. I'll, I'll give them something to look at while they're reading kind of a thing, you know, like it'll be more um, interesting to them or something. And that didn't really pan out. Um, But with painting, you know, People couldn't look away if I was in their face, you know, or taking up a living room with all of my my work, you know, or um, or if that's what I was doing when people were walking by, whether it was at my house or friend's house or, you know, downtown or something like that, um, painting in front of just strangers. It was like, you know, there was definitely a desire for attention at a younger age, for sure that I think motivated a lot of my choices, but at the same time, um, I com- it, it went away. Like it completely disappeared the second that I started to actually paint. So the first few times I was definitely scared out of my mind to be painting in a big city in front of God knows how many people that paid tickets and blah, 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 blah. You know, but the second that I got paint on my hands, it just all of it went out the window. I didn't care. Um, and that was the other thing, too, is that like when I'm when I was writing, you know, asking people, like, what do you think of this? It's like, well, you can't really trust people's opinions on writing, you know, but everyone knows a good color scheme. So it was kind of like that one thing that people couldn't really look away from or give me their opinion about. And I think that that helped me to. Um, to learn you know, to learn um, different things, but also just experimenting always. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> What's your cat's name? The Max. The Max. <laughs> David's got a cute black cat. He has 13 toes. He's a polydactyl. A thir- 13 toes? 13 toes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Big giant, giant paws. Giant paws. That's Adorable. why I got I wanted a polydactyl and I found one. I've had him since he was two weeks old. Oh, you've had him. How old is he now? Um, in cat years, 56. In human years, I think he's like eight. Yeah. Okay. Middle-aged cat hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you go from doing shows in people's living rooms to actually like doing art professionally? Um, I just... Uh, I don't know. I think maybe continually putting myself out there and and having, I mean, like tons of, like when I first moved to Portland, um, I 
would actively seek out shows um, and places to hang my work. And I was having like two to three art shows a month. And sometimes they'd be group shows. Sometimes they'd be solo shows at like a bar or a cafe or a gallery. Um, and I was making a lot of work as well. That's the thing is that like I create and still do create enough work to fill an entire space like instantly, you know, whereas there are some artists that will spend a year or two or a lifetime working on one piece. I'm just like, go, you know, yeah. and when I have the fire underneath me, I will just, you know, I, I typically work in series, you know, um, I'll have an idea in mind of a theme and, you know, whether it's a, a texture that I like or a color scheme that I like or, um, you know, there'll just be something that I want to focus on. And I don't just apply that to one thing. You know, I'll take up an entire room and do like 20 or 30 pieces. You like really trying to get to the bottom of that thing that I want to understand. Um, and by doing that, you end up having a ton of work to sell and a ton of work to hang. And uh, so through that, you wind up meeting people in person. And, um, and that is really, really key, I think, um, actually making genuine connections. So through that, you know, I got more interviews and, and, you know, tons of people were adding me on social media and crap. And it just, you know, eventually I got commissions for specific things. And uh, yeah, here I am. <laughs> I don't know. I started what? making merchandise, you know. What kind of, of, like, are there common themes of what people commission? Like, do you get, like, an, a, are, is there anything you're sick of drawing as a commission? Like, oh, or do you? No, um, there's nothing that I won't do. DavidCadaver.com. No, I'm teasing. Uh, I, don't, I don't really get sick of anything because, like, I make it fun for myself or I wouldn't do it. And the thing is, is that whoever's, whoever's commissioning me to do something genuinely wants me to do it. And I'm the only one that can do it. Otherwise, you know, they're not, they can't just go ask somebody else for a painting by me. Um, and I recognize that. That's kind of one of the great things about being so elusive, um, prolific. I don't know, fill in the blank. But, you know, like, if you want a bookshelf. For instance, I'm in the market for a new bookshelf. That looks like a nice one behind you. And you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I want a new bookshelf, but I'm not going to go to Ikea. I can't. I can't do it because this bookshelf that I want is an investment and I want it made by a craftsman. I want something that nobody else has because it's going to hold my books and I love books and I want to own this thing perhaps the rest of my life. Once I've got yeah. the couch thing taken care of, you know, Fight Club reference, but um, yeah, no one else can paint my paintings. So I don't, I don't really have a qualm with anyone asking me for something. It's actually really, really cool when someone wants something specifically from me. And it's really cool when they want something that is, you know, possibly out of my comfort zone because they're seeing something that I'm not, you know, like if they're asking me to paint, I mean, I've done plenty by now but you know the first couple times someone asked me to paint their pet i'm like do you know what my paintings look like, <laughs> like are you yeah. kidding um 
So in a sense, I look at it as an opportunity and, and I look at those, those art collectors and those people as kind of like angels, you know, they're like, they're just challenging me. They're pushing me to do something that mm. is potentially out of my comfort zone, but ultimately I'm going to grow and become a better artist because of it. It's not just like, oh, great, I can pay my rent this month. It's like, you know, after I'm done with this piece, like I'll have learned something about myself that I didn't know before. And that is priceless. So um, no, there's nothing that I don't, you know, I mean, like when people give me specifics, that is actually a challenge for me versus someone just being like, well, I really like these colors. I'm like, done. I can do that. Whatever comes through, comes through. I can match your carpet and drapes and your chairs or whatever. That's not hard. But when someone asks me for a specific scene and they're looking at it as more of an illustrative thing for like an album cover, that is definitely a challenge for me because I typically don't go into my work um, outside of like the portrait work that I do or, you know, whether, whether it's a human being or an animal or whatever, like my stream of consciousness type stuff. I don't go into that with an idea. I just let it come out. So. How does that look from like when you're working with an artist or musician, how do you get to that point where like the musician is happy with the end goal? Do you give them like drafts? I tell them that they're happy. You what? I tell them that they're happy. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, pretty much everyone that I've ever worked with across the board, um, there's just a level of trust. And uh, typically they are trusting me to to do my best interpretation of whatever it is that they're they're trying to achieve like sometimes i'm getting to hear an album before it even comes out and i will you know listen to it while i'm working and whatever comes through comes through so it's it's not usual you know, it's, it's not your typical kind of a, a setup. It's usually more of an understanding. And a lot of the people that I've worked with have this more, um, I don't know, like a psychic kind of a, a bond or something. It's just more of a, a, a level of artistic respect for each other that, um, yeah. you know, I don't have someone like over my shoulder, like, no, that was supposed to be yellow. I'm like, well, then, you know, you can Photoshop it, but this is the painting. Yeah. Um, Because if I'm not happy with it, then they're probably not going to be happy with it. But, um, you know, ultimately, even if I have to do something all over again, that's fine, you know, because it was a lesson. It was always a lesson. um, And I learned something from it regardless. So, like, right now, I just finished. um, Yeah, like, for instance, I did um, uh, a vinyl uh, album. The, the, the artwork for the inside of the album uh, for this vinyl release uh, for a video game. And I worked on it and worked on it, worked on it. I had all these different ideas. We had several meetings and I, <laughs> it was, it was really fun and also funny because when you have like me and four other dudes that worked on the video game and we're all super creative we can talk and talk and talk and talk and come up with all kinds of concepts and, and like all sorts of different, you know, even the packaging. It's like, why would I be involved in that? That has not, I'm just making the art, but I have ideas for the packaging. 
and they want to hear it too. And they have ideas. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll incorporate that material into the painting itself. And so that'll go and go and go and go, you know, and I worked on it for probably like three or four months because um, I took it seriously. I played the video game and I loved it. And it was an honor for them to ask me to do it because like, you know, it's, it's, it's fairly underground, but not if you're like, you know, if you're aware of it, then you know it and you know that it's a big deal. Um, Can you tell us the name? uh no okay that's fine <laughs> yeah i can it's called paratopic okay um and it's on steam and uh it's only like five bucks i think right now so yeah play it it's only it it'll take like an hour to get through but it's essentially like um it's hmm, there's a lot of lynchian tones it's very very bizarre it's a strange game um but yeah, so I worked on this for months and it got to the date where I was like, all right, I've, I've got to turn something in at this point. And I looked at everything that I'd made and I hated it all. So I just started, I started over from scratch and I made something that I'm really, really happy with. And everybody was just blown away. And, you know, it's like everything in life. It's not just painting. It's not just you know, it's like everything that you've done up until this point has gotten you to where you are and everything that you're currently doing and will do tomorrow will lead to something as well. So I don't look at it like I wasted four or five months making all these pieces that no one will ever see. It's like, well, had I not made those, I wouldn't have actually gotten to the point where I was just like, this all fucking sucks. I'm going to make something that I'm absolutely in love with. Yeah. out of you know and use that energy and use that rage to create something that i think is some of my best work honestly and and to hear their reaction and just like see how excited everybody was like oh my god you did it it's like that's cool because you know having respect from other artists to me means a lot um i don't think it's very difficult to impress the general public um at all i don't um they are the masses are <laughs> very easily entertained apparently or i would enjoy watching television um but that's not the case so <laughs> having the respect admiration and you know just just all of that from other artists um is like that's a great feeling you know and again another thing that's way more important than money to me anyway yeah. Like it's, I don't know, there's a clear choice and it's the choice is made when you consider like, you know, you can either have finances or a happy lifestyle where you just like literally creating all the time. It's, I, I was like, I'm like you in that sense where it's like, I can't not create. And like, for me, I create through like my business and stuff like that. I like, Think about how to move forward from one space to another, from one space to another. And all those decisions are very creative decisions based upon like the constraints like you that exist around me. But at the same time, I also play music. I'm writing an album right now. I also have photography that I go out and shoot around Capitol Hill every night. Like there are so many aspects. And like, I don't have a TV in my, in my apartment. I can't <laughs> I hate TV. I hate TV. I like video games. 
<laughs> like it's more creative. It's more artistic. So yeah. I noticed, I noticed, yeah, sometimes <laughs> I noticed that, uh, that a lot of your work was actually like video game inspired. Like there was a couple from Silent Hill, uh, Sniper Love was Sniper Wolf was one of my favorites. Like I saw that one. I was like, damn, that one's yeah. good. I like that one a yeah. lot. Yeah. So. Um, I am a very, very big fan of Hideo Kojima's work. Um, and I also love Silent Hill 2. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't like the movies. I haven't even seen all of the movies. Um, but I, I respect Silent Hill 2 as one of the best works of art in the last 500 years, bar none from everything to the music um, and the monster design, but specifically the story, the story really did it for me. And, and I don't, I don't really play video games for any reason besides the story. I don't, I don't really care about graphics and yeah. frames per second and level ups or anything. I play because it's another medium of storytelling and a good story to me inspires me to come up with my own stuff. Um, and it's also kind of one of the best ways I think that I can relate with people. And um, it's really comforting to me when media um, touches on things that are generally not talked about and you resonate on a human level. Um, so yeah, a lot of the things that I'm, interested in or inspired by are definitely um niche or you know kind of out of the norm or whatever but they're very very specific yeah um my favorite book is crime and punishment i've read it at least three times it's just so good (laughs) um yeah do you have a Uh book uh, I have over the, I'm reading right now over the horizon. I wouldn't say I have a favorite book. I read a lot. It's kind of like about how, um, so an immigrant comes to the United States and he lands on the West coast and needs to get to the East coast. And so the whole thing is about how he's walking against the Oregon trail as opposed to with it which is just this strange because he's like being pulled back and being pulled back and being pulled back. And yeah, he has to move forward. And there's all these like concepts And the first chapter made me cry. Like, I think it's Hernan Diaz. I think it's who wrote it. Um, But it was a Pulitzer Prize winner. It's so good. I just picked it up. And like, it's, there's like, like he gets separated from his family and, Oh, it's just, it's so deep. And it reminds me a lot of like what I dealt with as well. So like, ugh, it's, it's so good. <laughs> but yeah, a personal experience and yeah. where you can really live almost vicariously through the protagonist. I absolutely, um, I think that just about every one of the things like anything that I hold like close to me like that has made me cry. So that's cool that you got to experience that in the first chapter, because typically that happens at the end. And, you know, right? it's that I'm like looking forward to the entire time. I'm like, 
oh, I can't wait for this. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to have a really good cry. Um, so. Yeah. I, I came across your, um, your comic book as well, TMI. Oh. Um, Is that, that the comic book, book that you mentioned earlier with the, with the parents? No, that, that's not a comic book. That is a mixed media art book thing, okay. journal, diary, collection of dreams and short stories. And it's incredibly hard to categorize. So I have had, you know, some difficulty. Um, <laughs> selling it to anyone outside of my like immediate circle and like diehard fans and collectors that are like, Oh my God, I want to read his journal. Um, right. <laughs> you know, but it was, uh, cause that, you know, that's what it is. It's, it's like, it's actual pages out of my journal. Um, yeah. and, and like, so in my journal, I write down my dreams. I write down, uh, things that happen in real life um and i also just draw sketches and stuff in there and um also create like you know sometimes i'll i'll save receipts and uh ticket stubs and things like that and it all goes in there and uh it's a way for me to kind of well express myself yes in an un unadulterated sort of unfiltered way um, but it's also a way for me to, you know, share more with people because I'm incredibly cryptic and I know that about myself and I'm very reclusive and, um, withdrawn. So I wanted to do something that scared me and that sounded about right. That sounded like something that I should do to, uh, overcome that fear. And, uh, awesome. Yeah, I did a Kickstarter for it for the first one. Um, got funded immediately. Did a, did a second one and made like uh, three times the target within like two days. I was just like, wow. Um, okay. So it's just I don't know. It's this thing that's always on the back burner, and um, I'm always working on it. It's you know, it's just something that I do anyway. I just thought I, if I were to publish it then um you know other people could see it so That's what else are you currently working on i'm writing a comic book um and i have um an amazing artist that's doing it um and i hate to throw <laughs> him under the bus right now by making a, a, another artistic comparison but um he his artwork is the like the closest I, th I mean oh god it's so good it's like it's incredibly dreamy and it's like i'll give him you know bits and bits of the script and when i see what he comes back with it's like exactly how i see it in my head but it's funny you know like i'm an artist i should be able to make what's in my head but um he does it he does it so well and, um, hmm. yeah, we, we get along, we get along really, really well. And it's amazing because I, um, I don't collaborate with other people all that often on an artistic front. And so it's been very, very fun and, um, and just genuinely exciting to 
work with someone that is as passionate about a project as I am and, you know, to go back and forth and, and kind of just like get each other all amped up and everything. And it's also like when I see some of the preliminary sketches and stuff like that, that he'll email me every day. It's like having a child be born or something. Like I don't have, I don't have children, so I don't know for sure, but that's the closest comparison that I could make because it's like seeing something and, and, and it's like this thing has been created and it's like, I'm working with somebody else and then it comes to fruition and I see it in front of me and it's just this like, wow, kind of feeling. And I genuinely hope that that never goes away and that I don't get, you know, jaded and burn out and all like, you know, bitter and grow a beard and, you know, be like Alan Moore or something, but I'm I love Alan Moore, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's pretty much what's been taking up most of my time. I mean, I'm still painting and still drawing and everything every day, but um, I'm really, really hoping to get this uh, completed by September, if not sooner. So yeah, that's awesome. Do you have anything else coming up? Um, well, I already started writing another comic book, um, but <laughs> I'm going to be working on it with uh, somebody else. Um, and I'm also uh, working on one by myself, um, in which I'm going to be doing the art for it as well. But um, Right now, I'm in the market for the correct hardware to do it because um, I'm pretty much ready to invest in like either a brand new, you know, touch screen kind of deal or whatever, or the the right tablet. Um, because realizing how fun it is to have an idea and then see it come through is like. It's really, really fun. And I put that off for, you know, a million years because I thought that if I had any sort of intention prior to the act of creation that I was somehow um, jinxing myself, I was under the impression for many, many years that I needed to create without any thought behind it whatsoever so that my subconscious would take over and I would create something completely original. And I realized that I can have an idea that's completely original and actually plan till the end and still create it. Um, so my, my style has changed several times over the last six months and definitely over the last six years, definitely over the last 16 years. But, um, it's all a learning experience. I think it's just important to not have rules for yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You've, uh, you've inspired me. I appreciate it. You've given me a little bit of a fire and I'm like, Good. I'm seeing like, so, uh, like this idea keeps coming to my head and I don't know, tell me how the, how this rings to you. But you know, one of the ideas that we like to explore is like, how do you become a full-time artist? And from what I'm hearing from you, it's literally just do it full 
time. Like you're, from what I'm hearing, you're always starting a new project. You're always thinking about something. You're finding inspiration from another place. It is, it's, it's not full time. It's your life. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost, um, uh, it's almost like a philosophy. It's not necessarily, um, you know, it's, I don't want to say, I don't know. I don't want to say it's a religion because it's not like a religion, you yeah. know, even, uh, maybe it could, feel like it, could be a, it could be a cult perhaps <laughs> I could, yeah. uh, I, I could start that. Yeah. Then, <laughs> I uh, saw the tattoo flash by too. So I saw the knuckles. Which ones? <laughs> uh, the ones that say cult on it. That one. Yeah. Uh, and this one says hero. So nice. cult hero. Um, yeah it's a it's from uh a song by yeah. the cure but not oh, yeah. the cure yeah um i think it was actually uh i think it was before the cure i mean the cure covered it i think but i think it was originally robert smith and this other guy and uh yeah i don't know i just i was driving to the beach a long time ago and always wanted to tattoo my knuckles and like a song came on and I was like, that's eight letters. And I went and did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like no one else has this. So I'm going to get it. I'm not just going to get like love and hate, like, or yeah, no. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that it is just about doing it and all the other pieces kind of fall into place. Now, granted there is a guy you know, six blocks from me right now that's sitting on the corner with a Sharpie and a piece of cardboard. And he's asking for money and, you know, just sitting there doodling. And that's maybe his way of doing it. I don't know. I mean, he's still getting money, right? Like people still give him money. Um, But yeah, ultimately, I think that uh, it really is just about it's not about art per se, you know, I think that it's applicable to whatever it is that you want to do. And if you are doing what it is that you want to do, you know, you can't go wrong, you know, and if you're doing things that you don't want to do, then that's almost a sin. I think Um, you're missing the mark. I'm not saying that, you know, sin in a religious term, but sin more in the term of archery. Um, you're just, you're missing the mark. If you're, you know, you're backpedaling or, or you're walking the opposite direction of the Oregon trail, maybe, you know, maybe, you're, we're gonna find out. <laughs> maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe that's, but that's perhaps their way of, of going through their path. Um, so yeah. I think that ultimately it just, it works out regardless of, you know, what it is that you're doing. Like, for instance, a lot of people think that I'm successful. And that's great. Awesome. Because um, in order to be successful, one must present an image of success. I stole that from American Beauty. Um, <laughs> but well, yeah, th- there's something to be said for it. But there's also something to be said about not lying to yourself and not lying to people. And there's a fine line between, you know, asking somebody for help and just having people come to you. But I think that if you get good at what it is that you do and you put in the time, whether that's taking care of animals, 
or becoming a phlebotomist or deciding to launch yourself into space or painting or, you know, uh, I don't know. What do other people do? Maybe they're really good at sweeping things or driving a truck that sweeps things. Maybe you're the world's best garbage man. If you find passion in what it is that you do, you're going to get good at it because you want to do it. That's what gets you out of bed in the morning. And I just kind of, um, you should see my shower. I have a, I have a magic marker and that's where I do most of my meditation is in the shower. I like Um, that idea. And (laughs) I write and write and write all over the walls. And when people come over, you know, it looks like serial killer lives here. And I'm fine with that. Um, Because within all of that chaos, there are just bits and pieces of insight that are just like, Wow. And so when I'm in there and I'm reflecting on everything, it's fantastic. And one of the things that I wrote in there recently is you have permission not to create, but you don't have permission to do anything else. Yeah. So on that note, what advice would you give to young creators who are trying to do this full time? What would you say for them to make the leap from one side to the other. Um, I hear, I hear they're looking for nurses right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say run away from home. Yep. I mean, what age, what age room, like what age are we talking here? We have like 20 to 30 to like early forties kind of listening to the podcast. I mean, mostly thirties. Hopefully everything that I'm saying is more than applicable or more applicable to, you know, more than just art or whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, if you want to make the, make the leap, make the jump, whatever, like, uh, I don't know, take out some, uh, you know, get financial aid or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, don't show up to class. Yep. No, I'm kidding. No, you should show up. That to class. Sounds like me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I spent all my time in college doing art. Like that's yeah, and uh, try try to get by on just bagels and donate plasma at least once a week. Um, <laughs> don't burn any bridges as long as they have like uh, a nice sofa for you to yeah. crash on. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I've been homeless multiple times in my life. Like, I'm not. Um, I've, I've had a very, very hard life and I've made a lot of sacrifices to be where I am, but I can't see it having gone any other way. And I also set my standards for myself incredibly high and I just never gave up hope. I just, um, I figure if you get to the point where you're just like, wow, I have all this money. That's great. I'm taken care of. Like, if you're not, it just, it doesn't bring you any happiness. It just doesn't, you know, like I was talking to my friend earlier today and she was like, she's like, I just need to find a, a sugar daddy or just, you know, get married to someone that's just going to take care of me. And I'm like, you're going to be in exactly the same fucking situation you're in right now, only worse because you're going to have more delusions. You're going to be taking on someone else's problems and you're still going to be where you are right now. 
which is taken care of. You have nothing to worry about and all the tools and resources you could possibly need. You don't have to pay rent next month because you live with your parents. You have a giant computer. And even if you had no computer, you could still do what you want to do. And she's like, you're right. And I was like, I know I'm right. (laughs) Like, So, I mean, if you can just take pleasure in doing what it is that you do, and then do it, um, you know, find that thing that you find that thing that stops time. I mean, that's how I knew that painting was like a really, really good thing for me is, um, you know, I, I forgot to have a cigarette and I saw the sun coming up and I was like, are you kidding? Have I been doing this for eight fucking hours? Like, it didn't even like cross my mind. And I'm like, shit, I have to work in like three hours. I have to be at work. What do I do? I can't go to sleep now. Oh, I'll just paint for three more hours. Let me just paint for 11 hours. And yeah. Um, What what else are you going to do? You know, sit in front of a television or or cry or like make a TikTok video for God's sakes. Like, no. I like that. (laughs) Find the thing that stops time. Yeah. I mean, when you forget all about that, you, you don't have time to think about all of your like worries and problems. And I'm not saying be completely ignorant and throw caution to the wind and let the chips fall where they may and all of that, you know, like you have to have a plan. You absolutely have to have a plan and there are steps to get to where it is that you want to go, but they're different for everybody. And buying a self-help book or listening to me talk is not going to give anyone all the answers. You just have to live. And the important thing to do is um, to do that, to actually live, go make mistakes, go, you know, try things and fail. You know, you learn a lot by just doing, but sitting here in your bedroom or your job or whatever that you already know how it's going to end the next day. You already know that your relationship is like on its way out and you're already talking to somebody else. It's like, well, why, why bother? You know, you already know the ending. Don't read the book or rewrite it, you know, rewrite. Yeah. Um, and learn chaos magic. Cause that helps. (laughs) Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, having me. Thank you. Yeah, you are. you, You did bring me a lot of inspiration at a time when I think I needed it. So I appreciate you being here. Um, Do you, uh, do you have a place where people can find your work or do you want to direct people anywhere? Not really. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, thank you, you so much. My, you can give my phone number if you want. I don't know. Or my email <laughs> or something. I don't care. You're right. We'll throw it at the end. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm around. I'm not hard to find. Cool. Thank you so much. We'll put the links in the uh, description down below. So. Okay. Sometime. Have a good night. Both of you. Thank you, too. Thank you so care. much. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Muse and Scene. This has been Zoe Omega. And I have been Claire Michelle. Thank you so much, Davey, for being on today. It was wonderful to have you. If you enjoyed the podcast, you, the listener, if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, you can um, find more of our work at 
museunseen.com if you would like to be on the podcast. You can email us at museunseen at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram as Little Gray Cat Creative. If you want to follow us there, we post little snippets of the uh, actual live show between the three of us. So you can see our beautiful faces and see how, uh, how we handle this whole thing. It's going to be interesting when the pandemic's over and we can get back together. I wonder if we'll do that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and speaking of the pandemic, since we have been recording virtually, I we'd like to thank our sponsors, Title Artist Haven, for letting us use their Zoom. That's T-I-D-A-L, artisthaven.org, or Title Artist Haven on Facebook. Thanks for listening. We will see you next month. Bye!